brain Welcome into his frequency Enter at your own risk Come be at peace with me Ask the Paul Where we rise and don't fall Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Now, today I have a special guest with me. He is uh, a self-described deliberate HR professional, which is important. We'll talk about that later. He's a husband, father, uh, a disobedient cat owner. Uh, he's also the VP of People and Culture at CEDA of Cook County, blogger, philosopher, teacher, and just an overall really interesting gentleman. Uh, Paul Lalonde, welcome to Baxter's Buzz, my friend. Mr. Uh, Mr. Baxter, thank you so much. I can't, uh, can't wait to talk with you and super excited that you asked me to be here. Well, no, the pleasure's all mine, truly. And um, we, we connected at... HR Unite uh, this summer, sort of briefly. Shout out to Tina Marie and the HR Unite crew. Um, but we didn't, you know how it is. It's like you, you, you're like, we'll be back. We're gonna make sure we connect, and we we didn't. So we we found time outside of that, which which says that we both kind of prioritized it because we're both pretty busy. Had a great conversation. We talked about a number of things, but I wanted to, to have you on this first time. Just to talk about um, the the a lot of the speaking that you do is around the importance of networking, specifically for your for your HR folks that may or may not value it, right? So, for myself, um, I'm in a you know a consultative like sales role. I'm. I do a number of other things, but I enjoy people. I know people, I try to be a bridge between like amazing people and amazing experiences. And I can't do that without the people, right? Um, naturally extroverted, the, the whole nine. Um, but I also know that it's important to just build bridges. And 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 um, it's a lot of my job, but a lot of my personality. And I feel like for some of our professionals, not just our HR pros, but uh, many folks, they feel like they're just too busy kind of doing their day-to-day -day stuff. How, how do you uh, position the importance of networking, getting, out, getting outside of your cube, getting outside your desk, now getting outside of your home to make sure that you go out and, and connect with others? Yeah, no, I think... Uh... You mentioned that you're naturally extroverted. I'm naturally introverted. So I think uh, networking and getting out with people is a little bit more of a hill that I have to climb. And it was something I didn't really fully realize until I actually met uh, Eric Kershaw. And uh, I think you are familiar with Eric. Uh, yeah. He had me think differently because he gives this presentation uh, called Networking Like an Introvert. And I first saw it two years ago, don't remember exactly when, but really got me thinking more about how to be more intentional about it and use introversion as a way to really go forward with a lot of how you, how you network and where you're networking and how you think about it. In grad school and in, in college and all those times, you know, uh, during your professional courses, they really stressed. You got to network, you got to get to know people and all these things. And 
the old, uh, I think, paradigm of going to the busy hors d'oeuvre room and just randomly going up and shaking people's hands and all that, that never appealed to me. But where it really started taking off was more on social network mm. side of things. And I think it was a natural for an introvert to just be like, well, I'll send this person a quick message or connect with them or something that's a little less threatening to me than just randomly going up to somebody. Um, but as I did that and I started making friends online and colleagues online, um, it started to become more natural uh, to actually just go up to folks and not care as much as, as I used to in the past. Now, it still drains you after a while as an introvert because that's where I get my energy. Uh, is, is being alone. So a group of people kind of uh, takes that out of me. But I enjoy it now. Whereas in the past, I never did. It, it's sort of like just accepting who you are and realizing, you know, don't look at it as I'm trying to get something from these folks. Look at it as what can I provide these folks? And then that takes the emphasis off of you a little bit. And it's just more at that time, who can I be friends with? You know, you're not going to be yeah. friends with everybody. Uh, and even colleagues, uh, it, it doesn't always work that way. But that was how I really, I think, trained myself to think of it differently and really start taking off from there. Yeah, that, that's interesting. So I've been pretty extroverted my entire life, but I haven't always had the confidence um, to go up to people and sort of introduce myself. Um, the example I would I always give is if we were at a party or an event and we were at the tape sitting at the table together, we'd have a great time. Okay. Um, I'd be, you know, yapping and cracking jokes the whole nine. But if they said, Hey, that's Paul, you should, you ought to know him. He's on the other side of that other room. I didn't have the confidence to go over to someone that didn't know me and say, hi, Paul, I'm Baxter Hall. I just wanted to come over and speak. I, did, I didn't, um, I was too insecure. Sure. No, I can, uh, I can appreciate that. I think that plays a part of it. Um, being naturally shy of myself, that's the last thing I ever truly want to do. Um, and, but I think that's where the social, the social networking, and you mentioned I give uh, some uh, presentations, and that's what my main presentation is about, is how HR professionals can use social networking uh, to advance real-life networking. So yeah. The, the one example I always use, and it's my favorite, is uh, Claire Petrie, who is a uh, recruiting professional in Buffalo, New York. Hopefully her and everybody in Buffalo are all good because uh, the lake effect snow, being a uh, Midwesterner in Chicago, I know lake effect snow very well. So uh, stay safe, Buffalo. But I randomly connected with Claire on Twitter like around 2017. She asked a question about networking or HRing or something like that. And I just answered. And that's all I did. I just wanted to give something back to somebody else. I wasn't looking sure. for anything in particular. And she always brings that story up that she remembers that to this day about how I went on my way to help her at that particular time. So 
the following year, we were at a big HR conference in uh, Chicago and she reached out to me and randomly said, Hey, let's meet up for, for some food. I was like, Oh, okay. But if I saw her in a room and I knew who she was, I wouldn't have gone up to her because that's just who I am. But since we already broached that on social network uh, and, and Twitter, it just made it like we were long lost friends and it just yeah. made it super easy. And it's actually the same with Eric Kershat was we at that exact same conference, him and I met, uh, but we never met before that in real life outside of LinkedIn at the time. And we didn't talk shop. We didn't talk uh, his Harmony Insights and he didn't talk about my work. We just talked about craft beer because we're both big craft beer people and we've remained friends and colleagues and we've done collaborations ever sure. since. So that's just kind of how I always, uh, I think, position the power that this can be for a lot of HR folk. I, I think that, um, and Tina Marie talks about it, um, and it happens all the time. People, you know, you get you get bogged down. You have work to do. You have things you have to you have going on, and you may not um, feel like you have the time or like the breathing room to get out and do some of these other things. Go to events, attend trainings, um, anything that isn't sort of mandated by by the company, right? Um, but then you need a job, right? You're looking for a job all of a sudden and you're back. You're like, hey, everybody. And everybody's like, yo, where you been? You know, <laughs> um, and it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It only becomes a little annoying when that's the only time you're around. Now it's two years later, you've, you've, you found a job, you've disappeared. Now you're back again going, yo. <laughs> okay, it's like, okay, this is getting a little stale. Okay, it's getting a little old. I, I, I think that... Um, Personally, I didn't necessarily understand like the value that that I like. It was like this fear that people would say, well, "Who are you, and why should I know you?" or something, something where I would be completely put on the on on the spot, and maybe I wouldn't feel like I could articulate what I bring to the table. Why am I introducing myself to someone now? A lot of it is based around just curiosity um, and curiosity and the fact that I do have value and and whether somebody sees it or not is besides the point. I know I, what I bring to the table. I'm just generally interested in people. And that doesn't mean I'm delivering a sales pitch. It just means that I'm going to introduce myself and figure out where we go from there just but but like genuine sort of curiosity and that's what I lead with and some people you're going to connect with a bit a bit more strongly some folks it's going to be a quick sort of high and by and then you just got to go about your business right right now you said something important there that I think uh, we miss uh, not just in networking context but I think just in life context that we miss the boat on a lot and that is deriving value from internal sources rather than value from external sources. Because at that point, you can never, ever control what other people think, do, etc. You can influence it, but you ultimately can't control their decisions. But you can always control your decisions. So if you decide to like yourself, if you decide to say, I bring value, 
at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um, and it's a, it, it's an interesting thing from networking. Um, there's a, uh, there's a, a book called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. He was a Roman emperor and he wrote this book. But the interesting thing about the book is he didn't write it for anybody. They're actually his journals that he wrote to himself. Mm. And when he passed and, and died, uh, someone, no one knows how they came to us, but someone found them and then was like, hey, this is great. And then published it. He never meant for any of that to, to be seen by anybody. So I kind of liked that a lot in that, all right, when I blog, or when I post something, or when I'm out on social networks doing whatever it is I'm doing, first and foremost, I'm doing it for me. Do I like this? What am I trying to say? And it's therapeutic in some ways. Uh, so when I do those things, I'm writing it for me. And if somebody else somewhere finds value in it, that's just an added bonus. So that's kind of how I approach a lot of that stuff. Let me. So I got to ask you this. So um so i i haven't blogged in a while i've kind of set up shop more so here in this podcast world like video and audio which is awesome and i love them by the way keep doing them (laughs) oh thank you thank you i appreciate that um you know it was called baxter's the blog is still around it'll come back at some point once i get get my act together in some some form or fashion but it was called baxter's buzz so the podcast it was didn't have to think much about the name for the podcast. It was really, it was always really therapeutic for me. This is, you know, this is over 15 years ago when I started um, the blog. I just didn't know how much to share. You know, there was, there were, I used to feel like even if I was sharing my frustrations, if I couldn't, if I wasn't at the point where I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't want to share it with anyone because I didn't want to, I didn't want them to be like venting sessions. I felt like if I can't button this up and put a nice, like pretty bow on it, and I just didn't want to share it because it felt like complaining to me. Tell me, tell me um, about the blog um, and sort of the content around it and then how much do you share like personally when when you're when you're blogging yeah no that's uh that's a an interesting take and and i can relate to a lot of that um i don't know if it's uh it's just me and my personality is i'm not a natural converser talker you know it takes a lot to get out now i don't know if that's introversion or if that's just personality maybe it's all of it but um, I've always been much more of a communicator through my writing. So what I, I haven't always been able to necessarily say more personal things verbally, but I've been able to say more personal things through the written word uh, a little bit more easily, more easily. That's horrible English maybe, but um, no, actually, I think that's, I think that works. Yeah. Actually, it works well enough. So um, (laughs) when I first started blogging, it was just general, okay, HR stuff. And I didn't really know where I was going with this. HR philosopher, just think differently. And But as it's sort of evolved and matured over time, I've taken heavier concepts 
And I think that's why it takes me a while to write because it's not just there's an issue and then I talk about it. It's, I, I try and weave in all these very heavy things. So um, one thing I, I did end up writing about personally that it's still hard for me to talk about, but it's out there. People can find it on the blog is uh, how mental health and a lot of my own personal mental health challenges and getting over the hump with a lot of that and what I did and, and coming to terms with a lot of it. So the blog has helped me with that. And people have reached out and said, thank you for posting that uh, people I didn't know or, or met. So that felt good. That's again, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote it for me again yeah. at the end of the day, uh, just to be therapeutic, to get it out. Cause I had to, cause I couldn't verbalize it. Um, but it did end up helping somebody else. So that was the, the positive. I've done other things too, like social justice and uh, Black Lives Matters and how HR can work with a lot of that stuff. That's harder for me to talk about just because uh, I'm naturally adverse to those type of conversations, but I know I have to have them and HR needs to have them. So I've written about that as well. And uh, I think just toxic workplaces that I've been at, I didn't want to necessarily talk about them, but I wrote about them. So uh, I can, again, I, so circling back to what you had brought about, it's easier for me to, uh, to, to write it down than to verbalize it, but to come to terms with it. Yeah, no, um, I, I can appreciate that. What's the name? Uh, say the name of the uh, blog again. Uh, it's HR Philosopher and it's uh, easy hrphilosopher.com. Yeah. hrphilosopher.com. Now, you consider yourself a philosopher. I feel like um, we could spend a lot of time philosophizing, you and I specifically, right? I think the couple of conversations we've had, I think we have, it's curious, it, it starts with curiosity, I would say, right? Um, and then I think that there's, you know, I I have friends that have a lot of answers. They 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 they're very um, sure about things, right? And many times I don't have as strong of a stance on some of this stuff. I feel like I have more questions. It's like I have more questions before I even come to some sort of conclusion. I don't even know if I want to come to a conclusion. I just need more clarity, right? Um, talk about your like how do you look at like philosophy in the hr world but just in general um and sort of what kind of things do you spend your time sort of mulling over <laughs> that, that's a loaded question but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i can, yeah I, I can appreciate how socratic you are um you yeah. know socrates said the only thing he was 100 percent sure of was that he didn't know anything uh which I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, uh, but, you know, I think people have the bad, uh, a bad rap or, or philosophy has a bad rap or people think, I think, uh, not, not as we could about philosophy. Um, you know, what comes to mind maybe is, you know, uh, very intellectual folks in ivory towers uh, big bushy beards talking about how many angels can fit on the pinhead of a needle or, you know, do we live in a, uh, in a computer simulation? You know, how, what do we know is really real and all these deep questions. Yeah. 
which, you know, is maybe a part of it. But but to me, true philosophy is really just going back to what you said. It's are you curious? Are you thinking? Are you trying to develop your way of coming to answers to problems? And I'm not talking about how many angels are on the pinhead of a needle, those type of problems. I'm talking about, you know, you have a sexual harassment uh, complaint. That's a big problem. How, is, how did you develop your thinking? How did you develop your line of processing to solve that issue? That is philosophy. True philosophy to me is just the day-to-day stuff that everybody is doing and how you are solving those problems through your logic, through your reasoning, and through the way that you are thinking about things. Now, particularly, I spend a lot of time uh, reading and uh, studying Stoicism and uh, actually a lot of Eastern philosophy too, like uh, Taoism, Buddhism, you know, Buddhism's quasi philosophy, religion philosophy. But so those are the ones that really interest me. I've been trying to spread out a little bit more, just trying to study different ways of schools. And like nihilism to me is incredibly interesting. I don't necessarily know Mm if I'm not a nihilist and nothing matters and all these type of things, but it is interesting to to study that and to see like uh, where Frederick Nietzsche came up with a lot of his stuff. But, uh, and also for anybody that likes adult cartoons, Rick and Morty, it's just hysterical and fascinating because it's just based on nihilism. But so I never knew that. Okay. Yeah. That's how I kind of go about a lot of stuff. And, and, you know, it's like just thinking, just trying to think differently uh, as much as I can and having that intellectual curiosity and even just regular curiosity, like you said. I, I, I think that you're, you're definitely onto something. Um, the philosophy piece gets a bad rep because um, partly because people don't think that anything's getting done, right? Right, yeah. Uh, everyone's standing around looking at this light bulb that needs to be changed, right? And <laughs> yeah, does the light bulb exist versus, yeah. well, the light bulb does exist in this reality right now it has to be changed how do you go about changing the light bulb rather than trying to figure out if it exists or (laughs) those things right right and i I think that when you can a lot of things are kind of staring us in the face um we may not have the words for it or there may be like um it may not be a popular opinion and so we may not be as encouraged or like quick to sort of share what we see but uh, some things are just kind of right there and it's like has anyone ever noticed this um but when you compare like the philosophy piece with the execution piece i think you you know you, you got a really good grasp of things you're not spending your time just mulling over things but you're actually saying okay how do i resolve this problem, these problems, and I think that's the difference. And um, it sounds like you you've kind of figured figured that piece out and understand the parts of the other side of that of that coin. Now, um, you have your blog. You are um, have these presentations. You are firing up the HR community, telling people to get out there, um, be more connected, right? 
but you also have a really cool project upcoming. Um, you want to talk about that writing project? You're right. And uh, I think to bring it full circle and connect all the dots, uh, this project would not exist without my having planted the seeds in social media many years ago. Uh, you talk about, you know, people only going on and networking when they need some, need a job. You know, I ne thankfully never took that route. I was always, hey, I'm just networking because I think it's cool and it's the right thing to do. And I want to learn from folks and, and all that. So it opens up all these opportunities down the line, right? Like the old Chinese proverb is, if you want to sit under a tree, you have to plant the seeds now versus 20 years from now, right? So um, what, what one of those opportunities that came about is to, to work with a group called uh, Influence Media Network, and they help publishers in writing books. And they have a book series called something fusion. So mm -hmm. one was sales fusion. It was a chapter for uh, every, you know, a contributing chapter for, by many authors on how to, to up your sales game. There's manager fusion and I'm part of the cohort for people fusion. So I will be a published author, which has always been a bucket list of mine. If I was a great opportunity, they reached out to me. I didn't know they existed or any of those things, but they saw stuff I was doing online. The, uh, the CEO of, the, of uh, the company reached out to me and said, we have this project. you want to be a part of it? I was like, yes. So I will be a published author. And my topic is going to be about HR and philosophy and how it can help you become a better people manager and just a better HR practitioner. So I'm super excited about it. Uh, some of my HR, our HR network and friends like uh, Christy Angler, Mike Sipple, they're going to be in it too. So that's just an added bonus to me that I get to be in a book with these awesome HR folks uh, and, and good friends. That, that's, that's amazing. Congratulations. That, that's amazing. And again, you. you plant seeds, right? And then you, you just never know when they're going to bear fruit. And so that's the important piece of just doing right, helping people. And next thing you know, you know, there's some, there's some, some really cool fruit on that, on that tree that you hadn't even, you know, planned for or anticipated. So kudos to you, Paul. Um, I want to say, so, so I've been in, so I'm in an employee benefits world. I've, I've worked with HR. What, the biggest reason that I'm in the field that I'm in is because I've worked with HR for so long, for so long. And it's like, in another word, I'm supposed to be an HR professional. So like, I love my HR folks. Um, I'm fascinated by the work that you all do. Um, and it's when it's done right, in my opinion, there is a mix of the people part, but then there's also the execution piece that we talked about, right? That it can't just be all coming in my office, telling me about what's going on. It has to be, how do we provide some solutions how can we help you get to where you're trying to go um and it feels like you understand that have a really good grasp of that and so um thank you for being on the podcast thank you for sharing some of your experiences um i would love to have you back to talk a bit more about some books that you may be reading maybe some stuff that's upcoming for you but um this is this is another great great conversation. He is 
a deliberate HR professional, blogger, philosopher, teacher. We didn't get to the, the disobedient cat owner, but I think that kind of goes without saying. We, that's that's another story for another time. Um, Paul Lalonde, um, thank you so much for being on Baxter's Buzz. I appreciate you, friend. Right back at you, sir. Again, thank you for having me. Great conversation. I could talk to you for hours. So we'll, do <laughs> well it. thank you. Thank you. I just want to let everybody know who's watching or listening that you are all worthy. You just can't be afraid to find and embrace your own frequency. So until next time, peace. Welcome into his brain. Welcome into his frequency. Enter at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Ask the Paul. Where we rise and don't fall.